the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. A couple minutes after 4, beautiful sunny day, 73 for the high, breezy, clear and chilly tonight, low 48, sunny tomorrow, 82 the high, more sunshine the rest of the week, may get some clouds, but generally speaking, very pleasant and high around 80 each day, take that. Phillies lost 5-1 to Washington yesterday. They're playing a couple of games today. 3:05 starts, so they're in progress with one. They have another one to follow around 6:05. It's their final week of the regular season. That was fast, and uh, they're still in contention for a playoff spot. We'll see if they can get there. Monday Night Football, Raiders over the Saints last night, 34-24. Eagles trying to put their loss this past Sunday behind them and get ready. They play this Sunday at home at 1 o'clock against Cincinnati. A lot going on these days. How you doing? Thanks for listening in. If you're new to the program, we are here each day, 4 to 5 uh, in the afternoon, and, thankfully. And uh, we enjoy doing a lot of different things with this hour, primarily interviews. And we hope that the program is more than uh, entertaining or interesting. I hope it's that as well. But hopefully it's helpful to you. So whenever we have a guest on, trying to think of it through that lens a bit as well. And all the other components to the program, whether it's giving away those gift cards to Duncan or to Panera or to Rita's or Wawa, courtesy of Brian or Chevrolet, whether it's having a ministry, a leader or a pastor from the radio station join us, whether it's having someone from kind of like the everyday common mainstream culture on chatting about a book they wrote, whatever it might be, uh, or somewhere in between, or folks calling in to participate in Trivia Thursday, Guys Against the Gals, which we do the first Thursday of each month, whatever it might be. We're hopeful that it's helpful to you in some way and not just have a show to exist for its own uh, you know, sake because that's not really going to last. We want to hopefully look back over, over time and say this is a program that helped uh, point people to the Lord if you're a believer and encourage you in your walk. And if you're not, if you're just tuning in and you're considering who this God is and all that, that you would certainly give him consideration. We talk about this a lot, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world. He gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him, whoever believes, if you're hearing my voice, it applies to you. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And so to that end, we encourage you and invite you to open up that Bible, that word of God, and stick your nose in it. One of the things and promises of God is if you want to know, he will reveal himself to you. It's not playing hide and seek with you. He will reveal himself to you. Do you want to know? Some people don't want to know. Maybe not yet. Maybe your prayer is, Lord, help me to help me to want to know at least. Help me to be willing to be willing. <laughs> However many iterations of that you have to go before you finally say, I am willing. So 
All right, so that's that. As we start the show off today, want to do kind of a, a mixed bag. Sometimes you go in the fridge and you're like, what did we have last night? Oh, that, that's going to go bad if we don't use that soon. Uh, here's something new, various and sundry things that you're kind of cobbling together to make sure that another meal is covered. Well, today's program is a little bit like that, but with, with uh, multiple reasons. So here's where we kind of want to go with this. Um, coming up this Saturday is a big event. It's called Sea Life 2020. You've been hearing about it. Focus on the family is spearheading this. And the hope is to really be part of helping end abortion in our country. But not just that, but to love every heartbeat, as they've been saying, and the hashtag that they're they're you know putting forth with this social media movement is just that, love every heartbeat. So there's a couple of steps to that. You sign the pledge on our site at WFIL.com, and then um, you can share that on social media, spread the word, and then be ready for this big live stream event this coming uh, Saturday. Now, of course, there's a lot more to being pro-life, if you will, than that. If it was that easy, wow. But it's certainly not that easy, nor should it be. We're talking human beings. We want to love people. And that takes time and energy and work. So that's what um, Sea Life 2020 is about as a precursor to kind of prompt those things to happen. So uh, we had Jim Daly, the president of Focus on the Family, on with us last week for the whole show. And I pulled out a couple of uh, parts of that interview that pertain primarily to the Sea Life 2020 event this Saturday. In case you missed it, that way you can kind of get a, a good feel for what's coming. It's still not too late to be part of that. Also had a woman named Robin Chambers on the program about two or three weeks ago. She's also with Focus, and she's been with them for a quarter century, and she works a lot of these events and family-related stuff. And so um, she has some good perspective. We'll chat with her and kind of bring that conversation back into the mix. Uh, also, I'd like to, as I understand yesterday, if you were listening to the program, we had a special guest on. His name is Rob Motti. He joins our program every now and again. Longtime sports writer for the Associated Press in Philadelphia. He's uh, the head writer for the Eagles and the Phillies. He's their number one guy when it comes to reading, uh, writing those stories. So if you read about the Eagles, you read about the Phillies, uh, and it's Associated Press-related, their service, they push their information out all over the world, really. Folks subscribe to that, and newspapers will, rather than send their own reporter, they'll say, hey, AP, you've got some good guys. Uh, please send us their stories. That's what Rob does. So it's a big job. It's a big deal. He and I got to know each other about 10 years ago, 15, no, 15 years ago or more, actually, and uh, quite a story. He became a believer over time, and um, that's another story how that all happened, but um, the conclusion of our interview yesterday, he spent the whole hour with us. Usually it's like 15 minutes, but we spent the whole hour yesterday. It was great, except we had some technical issues. And I'm realizing that the conclusion of our conversation, I don't think anybody heard it. So I'm going to play for you the conclusion of yesterday, today, to kind of bring that into, and we'll do that at the back end of the program. So if you were listening yesterday, you'll get the concluding pieces of what you missed. Right. So that's that's a lot right there. Something else to not be lost in the shuffle is our partnership with Save the Children. Can I just bring this up to you for a second? Every fall, we work with Save the Children, and we usually do some kind of work in another part of the world. Save the Children um, does, 100, I think it's 125 countries. It's, it's an amazing ministry. Um, but this time around, which is kind of cool, we're actually working with them domestically specifically to help U.S. school children who have lost access to the school lunch program uh, where they go because, because they're not in school physically. Many of them are not. There are actually millions of children in that boat. We, you know, God can do anything. He could have a local philanthropist who has $100 million I don't know about come up and say, oh, let me take care of that. Uh, barring that, 
let's do what we can or we'll wait for that too. But we want to just do something. We want to be about doing something. So uh, the idea is this. It's, it's a $10 uh, amount to cover one full day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, which is a bonus because typically the, the lunch program at school is breakfast and lunch, but not dinner. So it's breakfast, lunch, and dinner plus a day of educational support, which will take various forms, for $10. So we'd like to do, because that needs kind of, it's, it's obviously very fluid, right? It could, it could, kids' school could start up again in a few weeks, could be a few months, we don't know when. So that uncertainty adds to the, the stress, I guess. But, um, and while we'd love to, you know, get our minds around it and solve the whole thing, let's not do nothing because we can't do that. Let's do something. So let's make a nice even number. Here's where, here's where I'd like to go with this. We've been doing it for a while. A thousand, let's see if we can accomplish a thousand days worth of support as a listening audience. This is part of what we do as a radio station. We give away prizes. We have contests. We have ministries you hear that encourage you, all that stuff. This is also part of what we want to be about, doing something, right? So a thousand days, how about a thousand days worth of support? And if we can, which, you know, times 10, that's $10,000, which I'm sure we can do. I will challenge the audience that if we get to that thousand days worth of support, I will add a hundred days worth of support on top of that, like a big fat cherry on the Sunday. How's that sound? So once we get to a thousand, I'll put up another hundred. And so we'll, we'll come up to the table with save the children with 1100 days worth of support. That's a lot of time. And that may take the form of helping one kid for the whole fall semester, plus a number of other kids for a few weeks, another kid for one week, whatever it is, whatever the need will be, we'll leave that to save the children. But if you're up for helping out, I'm up for making you make me open my wallet up. Little little fun challenge. I can tell you right now, we are at 330 days worth of support. So that's very good. I want to thank folks uh, today and throughout the rest of the you know the week. We're hoping to knock this bad boy out by the end of the month, which is, I guess, a week from now or so. Can we get there? I'm sure we can. And if we do, that extra 100 days is waiting to be added to the pile. The number to help out is 888-884-4836. 888-884-4836. You can also go to our site. It's uh, very easy to spot. The Save the Children banner and help out that way. Maybe you do five of those thousand, that's 50 bucks. Maybe you do 10, that's $100 or whatever. You can do You can do whatever you like. It all adds up. All right, we'll come back and keep our program rolling. Thanks for tuning in today. It's the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. You're listening to a podcast of the Tim DeMoss Show. Heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. It's 4.15, the Tim DeMoss Show. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, I mentioned at the top of the hour, I wanted to bring in uh, part of the conversation I had with Jim Daly, president of Focus on the Family, in conjunction with Sea Life 2020, which is a social media movement. His goal is to help end abortion and to love every heartbeat. Details are right on our homepage. We encourage you not just to look at it, but to jump in on that by signing the pledge, share on social media, and then get ready for a big special live stream event this coming Saturday the 26th. And uh, as promised... Here's a bit of our bit of our conversation I had with Jim last week, and as with all, I think good interviews, 
you begin by at least saying hello, right? Tim, I'm doing great. Good to be with you. Yeah, it's always a pleasure. We uh, air the program each weekday morning at 7. It's been on for a long, long time, and we hope for many more years to come. Uh, <laughs> Focusonthefamily.com. Folks can find out more, of course, about the ministry. One thing for sure, we just jump right into it that's coming up very quickly is Sea Life 2020, the culmination of that, the 26th of September with the live stream event. But um, take, take as much time as you want. Just share the heart behind Sea Life 2020. We've been talking about it on the air, but kind of the, where it came from in the beginning and sure. all that. So, Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Yeah, this was actually born uh, over a year ago when we did the Times Square event as the first event in May of 2019. And, uh, you know, it was just a good idea that bubbled up here at Focus, and I went, wow, we should really do that. And that was to hold a live event in Times Square the first time uh, a a group of that size, 20,000 people roughly, gathered together in Times Square to celebrate life. Real simple. But you would not believe the obstacles that were thrown at us. I mean, the Times Square Commission wasn't for it. Thankfully, NYPD was. We had these great Irish cops who say, hey, we like what you're doing, and we're going to do, we're going to cut the red tape and get you in here. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I love those guys. Oh, yes. That, but it was, uh, it was that event, and it was a simple proposition. I just felt like the Lord, through a staff member, Michael McGonigal, who had the idea, when I heard about it, I thought, yeah, just show them the baby. And so that's what we did in New York, in Times Square. We had great speakers Five to you know three to five minute speeches. Alveda King, Benjamin Watson, the former NFL player, Candace uh, Owens is going to be at this one. She wasn't at the New York event, but just real crisp three to five minute presentations. And then we showed a baby in the third trimester, a 4D ultrasound. Actually, it was Abby Johnson's baby. She was in a mobile unit we had right behind the stage, and this poor little child, uh, still eight months in gestation was asleep, and we said, wake up, little baby. <laughs> so we had Abby Johnson in the uh, mobile unit jumping up and down on one leg, then the other leg, and thankfully that baby woke up right as we went to stage live with that uh, ultrasound. And even the sonographer, she was doing the uh, ultrasound, he said, oh, baby's waking up from a nap. See the yawn? And But, you know, the thing, Tim, it was so amazing how everything quieted down in Times Square. If you've been to Times Square, it's busy, you know, especially pre-COVID. But it, it was just, you know, there's horns blasting, there's people talking. It's just noisy. Yeah. But when that heartbeat and that image of that baby came up on the screens, we brought our own jumbo screens because they wouldn't rent them to us in Times Square. And so we, when that image came up, the whole place fell silent. The protesters, about 400 fell silent. They stopped banging their tambourines. You could hear that heartbeat, kukush, kukush, right, just flutter, flooding into Times Square. It was amazing. And so with that great experience and the exposure it brought to the preborn child, we thought, okay, let's do it again in, in 2019. We were hoping for May, but with COVID, we couldn't do it. We set it for September and uh, realized we weren't going to be able to do another physical event. We had five cities planned. But in lieu of that, we're going to do a live uh, on online event, a streamed event on uh, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, Saturday, September 26th, right around the corner. And uh, we're going to have, again, great speakers, short presentations. Melissa Odom, a, an abortion survivor. Uh, Candace Owens will be at this event. We have some great music. Uh, Sela will be doing some songs for us along with other uh, songwriters from Nashville that have created uh, an anthem for this event itself, and people can download that and hear it. So I'm, I'm excited for what it will do. And, the, you know, the, again, Tim, the big part of it is showing 
uh, 4D ultrasound of a third trimester baby, just showing people what's in the womb. You know, a, a large majority of abortion-minded women, when they go into a clinic to see an ultrasound, will choose life for their baby. And I just feel that same conviction will be there for the culture. If they can actually see a baby in the womb and see that it's fully human, see the toes, see the fingers, see the baby sucking that, that thumb, which often they do in the womb, um, they will see the humanity of that baby and become pro-life. We just heard this week, Tim, from a focused listener who was pro-abortion, who was listening to the broadcast and listening to Melissa Odom, actually, an abortion survivor, and said the story was so powerful that this woman moved from pro-choice to pro-life. Wow. That's what we want to see the nation do. Wow. Folks, just tuning in, you're listening to Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Jim Daly with Focus on the Family uh, joining us now. And, uh, man, this there's so much there on what you said. Uh, just technically, I guess, the event, because we helped um, Philly being close to New York where that Times Square event happened. That was called Alive from New York, right? It's a little play on words, if I remember right. correctly, right? So, and you, you said it so well, because I remember hearing about how the baby, because the big moment's coming and the baby's quiet. <laughs> like, wait, we're trying to show a heart. <laughs> we're trying to show something here. Can you do us a favor? <laughs> you got to cooperate with us, but it was funny. Yeah, I mean, poor Abby was back in that mobile unit. I mean, like, honestly, jumping up and down. They had her drinking, I don't know, uh, Mountain Dew or yeah. something. <laughs> <laughs> right. But well, just something to try to get that baby going. And, and that, it did. The baby was just sleeping. And the eighth month of pregnancy is a time when a baby sleeps a lot because of the growth. Yeah, so that's Jim Daly. Uh, we had him on last Thursday. Then part of our conversation, he was talking about Alive from New York, which was May of 2019. You may remember that. We talked about that and helped support that event last year. This year, uh, you know, it's going to be something different. Sea Life 2020, it's going to be a virtual event. Um, but I went on and kind of picked up on something that Jim had said there, the humanity. If you have a chance to see an ultrasound and see the baby, how far that can really go? And I just said to him, you know, it's interesting that abortion – and everything related to it is such a difficult topic. It's intense. It's emotional. There can be lots of arguments about it. It's, uh, but it's amazing, even with all of that to be true, how powerful just showing the baby in an ultrasound, like they're doing with Sea uh, Life 2020, how how that can say so much without you saying a word. How how you can be positive about these things and just step out of the way almost. And it doesn't have to be a shouting match and shouldn't be, but it's an opportunity to show and let a person just see. And that's where this other little segment came in play. And I so appreciate that. You know, when we were there up on the stage, Jeannie Mancini and I hosted that one in Times Square. Yeah. And there were three times that we stopped and prayed for the protesters, very gentle prayers of, uh, you know, th their eyes being opened. And it was not a finger-wagging event. Neither will this be. I just feel like um, that's what the Scripture calls us to do. And we've got to maintain the fruit of the Spirit. We can't fight with the weapons of the world. You know, we get down and we destroy people with labels and, you know, false accusations and things like that. That's not how the Christian needs to be in the public square. We've got to be fighting with love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, and mercy, which most of my friends who are not Christians say, wow, those are really not very good weapons. <laughs> but I would argue that Jesus accomplished quite a bit using those gentle weapons of uh, societal battle and loving people into the kingdom. So in, in that context, we've got to be mindful of the, the, the woman's plight. We, we get it, but there are so many supportive organizations now, churches, pregnancy centers, 
that help women in this moment of crisis. And they can help them with adoption options, keeping the baby, getting them on a budget, getting job training. There's just so much out there now. This is not 1973. And uh, where, to our shame, the churches really, we weren't on it adequately. Now, there are so many resources there for these women who are struggling. I just challenge them to take advantage of it. Uh, lean into the church, the Christian community. Let them help you make the best decision you can make for that baby. And, you know, again, the worst decision is to terminate the life of a child. And that's why we fight every day for it. Yeah. You know, uh, just on a practical note, for folks who want to be part of this, uh, there's three steps. One is signing a pledge, and uh, then there's also sharing on social media with the hashtag Love Every Heartbeat. And then third is the event. You can look up on the 26th at 8 o'clock, Saturday the 26th, for the live stream event. Focus on the family.com has details. You can certainly go to com and, and be part of all that as well. Uh, but what you just said, so we encourage folks for sure to do that uh, practically. But what you just said there is also another another real uh, point that thing probably should be bold-faced and italicized and underlined is is the everything in addition to helping a woman see yeah. what's inside her, right? But yeah, then, absolutely. But then, then what? If she says, okay, yeah. I'm willing to keep the child. I'm not going to have an abortion. Pro-life also is, well, now what? So let's not say I've, I just voted for somebody who's pro-life. Or that, those laws matter, but are you going to open your home up? Let her live with you for a year till she gets on her feet. Things like that, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the more, you know, I think we're getting to the point, Tim, and this is for all of our Christian listeners, this is the thing to consider. As municipalities go bankrupt, you know, again, how do we carry the debt of our nation like it is? And I'm bringing this back to acts of kindness and acts of service. I think the church community is going to be in an incredible position to do more in the foster care arena, in this pro-life movement where churches are well-known, for taking in women who are in trouble. You know, they don't know what to do. They might be rejected by their own family. They don't have a place to stay. And uh, they're struggling with that decision. It'd be far easier just to take care of the problem through abortion than to go through either an adoption or to keep this child. And we, as people of shalom, God's peace, we need to bring shalom to this chaos at that moment in that woman's life. That's what we're called to do as the Christian community. And there's ways locally that your listeners can get involved with the Pregnancy Resource Center near them. Uh, churches can get involved. Churches can be that beacon of hope. So that I think we are in the best position right now as the Christian community to be light and hope to that uh, woman who's alone and feeling discouraged. Uh, we just need to connect the dots and make sure women know there's that option. All right. So that's part of our conversation from Jim Daly with Focus on the Family, the president of that organization. And, uh, of course, their radio program on WFIL for many years, 7 a.m. each weekday. You can uh, check that out. Uh, wanted to replay part of that conversation from last Thursday, especially because the event we're talking about is this Saturday. So in case you missed it, it gives you a chance to hear the heart, uh, some of the heart behind why this event is happening and how focus is thinking more than just an event, but that's uh, the event hopefully is a, as a springboard to some really good things to come. All right. So uh, we have Robin chambers also from focus. We're going to just uh, replay a bit of her conversation with us from a couple weeks back, more on the sea life 2020 event. Also yesterday we had Rob Motti on and the last uh, part of the interview, we had some technical issues and I don't think, I don't think anybody heard it. So we're going <laughs> to replay that last part of it from yesterday. We're also encouraging folks to jump on board and help out in our partnership with Save the Children. I'll explain a bit more about that in just a moment. 
That and more on the way next. And Tim DeMoss Show, AM560, WFIL.com, and on the WFIL app. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560, WFIL, and WFIL.com. Four thirty on the Tim DeMar Show and WFIL. Thanks for listening in. Sunshine, the word of the day and the week. Brand on. Seventy three the high today. Eighty two tomorrow. Ah, gotta love that. Make it a few clouds later in the week. Big whoop de doo. Eighty the high on Thursday and Friday. We can just freeze things right here, and I'll take it. I like watching my kids' soccer games when I'm not shivering. That's yet to come. I've done a lot of those hold my coffee to keep my fingernails from turning purple in the fall. But I digress. Phil's lost 5-1 to Washington yesterday. They may must have a thing with 5-1 because they're losing right now 5-1 also. I thought they were trying to get away from that. Yeah, they're, they're doing a doubleheader today against Washington. That game started at 3.05 and another one at 6.05. And uh, hopefully they can claw their way back in. They were down 5 nothing. Gene Shiguri just hit a home run a little while ago, so it's now 5-1. to one. This is the final week of the regular season. They're very much in the playoff mix, but not if they lose 5-1 day after day. Monday Night Football, Raiders over the Saints last night, 34-24. Eagles are home this coming Sunday. Try and shake off their first uh, couple of losses and get back on track against Cincinnati. That's, again, a 1 o'clock start. This coming Saturday, Sea Life 2020. Focus in the family is a spearheading the social media movement. Please jump on board if you would at WFIL.com. Very easy to do. You sign the pledge. You um, share it on social media as you are capable. Even if you're not that savvy, don't worry about it. The hashtag they talk about is love every heartbeat. And kind of the big thrust about it is showing an ultrasound is a big part of it. Just to see what's going on inside the baby, inside a woman's um, uh, body. It's a beautiful thing. And no words are even needed a lot of the time. So uh, we had Jim Daly, president of Focus and the Family, on with us last week talking about that. We also had Robin Chambers, who's with Focus and the Family, been doing work with them for many, many years. She started off uh, talking. We talked in our conversation on the 10th of September about last year's event, Alive from New York, which you may remember a lot closer to home. It was in person in Times Square, an amazing event, and here's what she had to say about that. Yes, um, I actually had the privilege of being on the mobile unit um, right smack in the middle of Times Square. We brought that bus in at 2 o'clock in the morning um, to make sure that we were, you know, kind of a clear street to bring that in. And we had an ultrasound machine on there, a high-end 3D40 system. Um, and Abby Johnson was um, our guest model for that day, and we were able to show a live ultrasound of um, Abby's little one, who we now know is a little boy. His name is Fulton. Um, And I was on the unit when we were getting ready to do that and saw the protesters, heard the protesters, um, and was so blessed um, to be on the unit with a physician and a couple of nurses and a director from a pregnancy center right there on Long Island. And uh, Tim, I have to tell you, it was a God moment um, when all of us saw those protesters the director said, oh, she said, we just need to pray for those people. They're so wounded. And I think that was just the tone for the day. We were there to celebrate life. We weren't there to protest. And we wanted um, women and men to know that we are standing in the gap for them and their unborn children. 
Um, it was an amazing, um, amazing event and one that we're building off of for this year. That's Robin Chambers. We had her on just a few weeks ago talking about uh, specifically in that little clip about last year's live for a live alive from New York event in Times Square where they had a ultrasound on the huge jumbotron. Amazing. Everyone stopping and watching and letting that speak for itself. Uh, but we also talked about the fact that so this year they had plans to continue that and, and have that kind of a concept going on in, in multiple cities. But with uh, the whole COVID thing that that became not possible, leading to what has become Sea Life 2020 this coming Saturday, the culmination of that. Here's what Robin had to say about that. We were supposed to do five locations. Um, across the United States in May of this year, and then just wanting to be really cognizant of keeping people safe. We made the decision to take this to a digital premiere, um, and hopefully in 2021, we can do more of those in person. But for 2020, um, you're right, I think God is allowing us to really be creative and look at ways that we can still communicate a really important message. And so on September 26th, we will do um, a digital premiere. Um, Abby Johnson's actually one of our guest speakers, and she talks very, very bluntly um, about her time at Planned Parenthood and how um, seeing an ultrasound really changed her mind in becoming pro-life, and she's now one, uh, just an amazing advocate. But we have lots of other special guests. Benjamin Watson, who's a former NFL player, Jeannie Mancini, the president of March for Life, they will be co-hosting this event and I have lots of other speakers and some amazing music. Um, and I'll give you a little hint for your listeners. We have brand new music that has never been heard before, um, specifically for this event. And that will be available after the event for your listeners to download. Amazing, amazing lyrics. Um, and so pleased to be a part of this. So hope your listeners can join us on September 26th and hear those speakers and hear that music. All right, so that's Robin Chambers from Focus on the Family. We had her on the program earlier this month. The podcast of that, as well as the podcast of Jim Daly, who I aired for you earlier this hour, both on our homepage. You can scroll. Newest is on top. Scroll back through time and look for all the different interviews that have happened. Uh, and so we encourage you, the action point being for Sea Life 2020 this coming Saturday, uh, between now and then, to A, sign the pledge, B, share on social media, and C, Tune in this Saturday night for the event that they've both described for us today and in those podcasts. And it's one way that you can help get the ball rolling and help stem the tide. Of course, you want to love people, loving the person right in front of you. I remain personally very committed to hope, hopefully doing that. That's something tangible you can grab onto and do. And, uh, and, and certainly if you're pro-life, I've said this before, I'll say it again, uh, consider taking someone into your home and giving a woman a place to grow, you know, get on her feet. Or at least providing supplies. Like you don't want to just say, I, I, this is what I believe, and go, now you go do it. Let me help you if, it, if, the, if the person's willing. You know, that, that goes a lot further um, than just, uh, I voted for so and so. It's fine if you want to do that, but tell me what you personally are doing as you have the opportunity. So not everybody can open their home. Maybe it's supporting something financially, certainly by praying, and certainly with a loving spirit, you know. People have, have gone through that that process or perhaps they had an abortion and they really wish they hadn't. I have friends who have been in that, in that boat. It's a very hard topic to bring up. Uh, and so you do it with grace and, and gentleness and love and um, and just be willing to be along, walk alongside people, which is how you would love anyway. You know, you love people in life as they need it, not just, hey, if you're not going to become a Christian in the next 20 minutes, I'm out of here. I'll go to somebody else who's interested. You're supposed to and I'm supposed to love people as long as it takes, and be willing to walk alongside them. 
It's not about your timetable. It's about God's timetable. And last time I checked, he basically says, love me and love people. So however long that takes, whatever it looks like, people are not supposed to be our agenda. We're supposed to love people and let God do what he wants to do with that. We have a break here. And then I want to um, kind of spin into something that happened yesterday. We had Rob Motti on with us from the Associated Press. Great guy. Got to know him. Covering, the, I've covered the Phillies and the Flyers and the Eagles for about 20, 22 years, uh, part-time as a kind of a compliment to the program I do and the radio I've done. And I got to know Rob about 16, 17 years ago. At the time, he was uh, a womanizer, and he'll, he'll tell you that himself. In the interview we had yesterday, he, he said that. It was his vice. A lot of problems came with that, um, and he grew up in a kind of a religious background but didn't embrace and didn't understand fully what it meant to be, uh, you know, walk with God personally and have a personal relationship with God, not rules and regulations, but a personal relationship with him. By the way, parenthetically, personal and private are very different. We could talk about that another time. Some people say religion is very private. Like, no, 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 it's not private because God says go tell other people too. Personal, yes. A heavenly father, a real God, and a real you, a relationship, that's personal. But don't confuse that with the word private. Because private's not what we're called to do. We're called to have, we have that personal relationship, and it's very public as the opportunities happen. But in any case, Rob, yesterday while we were talking – um, part of the conversation, the end of our program, sometimes something happened at our station, and I don't think we were on the air for about 10 minutes. So I have the rest of our conversation to share with you. It's an amazing story. Um, in a nutshell, I'll just tell you very briefly, part of the story about Rob is we have a daughter who is disabled. Her name is Victoria Joy. She's 14. And when I got to know Rob uh, at the, when I was covering the Eagles, I actually had – a website for our daughter, Tori, when she was her first year of life. She almost died a couple times, all kinds of stuff. And I just gave out some Wawa gift cards for $10 to about 10 or 15 media friends of mine with Tori's website on the back. And it was just a gentle way of saying, here, get yourself some coffee. And if you have a chance, this is a story about my daughter. It wasn't asking for money. It was just a relational thing. Well, Rob, I could tell, read the website because he actually emailed me through the website. I'd have other media friends of mine say, hey, how's your daughter? And it was all nice. But Rob, it really went further with him. It led to him playing softball with our church for about five or six years. He got truly converted to, and becoming a believer in Jesus um, as part of that. And now God is using him all over the place like crazy. It's an amazing thing. And I, I, I trace it back part and, and you know, decent part to uh, the brokenness of a daughter of our daughter who doesn't speak. She doesn't have any words. She makes some sounds. She has some, she, her mind is there. She's able to, to make eye contact, whatever, but she's, you know, how God uses the weak things many times to, to, uh, and how his power, his power is made perfect in weakness. So that's kind of the, the thrust behind things. I got to know Rob also covering the team. And, um, and so we work together sports wise. And so, um, part of our conversation has to do with that, Part of our conversation yet to air has to do with a book we're now giving away called Football Faith. It's one of many books Rob has written. You can go to our contest and surveys page right now at WFIL.com and um, enter to win that, if you like. So we had Rob on for a number of reasons, but that was uh, certainly a big part of it, sharing his testimony and uh, and for because, because of the book Football Faith. So I'm going to play back for you the remainder of that conversation from yesterday in case you were tuning in and say, what happened? The station's off the air. Yeah, it happens sometimes. It's okay. Back in a second with more. Thanks for listening in today. It's Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Live and local. 
It's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Our guest today, Rob Motti. He is the head writer for the Associated Press for both the Phillies and the Eagles. He has a book called Football Faith We're Giving Away. Check it out in our contests and surveys page. We're chatting about a lot of other cool stuff, too. want to take a second to talk, uh, talk about your craft, specifically. And one slice of that is you're writing game stories. A game like yesterday, you have the Eagles and the Rams, and, and the Eagles are you know losing by quite a large margin, and, and you're not wondering who's going to win. By the, by the end, you already know. However, you have a game like the Seahawks and Patriots later yesterday, where the outcome is very much in doubt up until the end. What's it like writing a story where you're not even sure how it's going to end, and yet you have to file that story you know, right after the game pretty much? Yeah, and the, uh, the goal is within three minutes of the game ending that we have to be on the wire with the first version of our story. Wow. And with covering the NFL, you have to do two different stories, but you, you do one from the winning team's perspective, you do one from the losing team's perspective, and then you update both of those. Uh, with a game like the Seahawks, Patriots and how that came down to the last play and and also with maybe baseball games that go in extra innings so what I do is I have two screens open and I have the bulk of your story is going to be the same but it's going to be the first two graphs the first three graphs that are probably that are going to be different depending on who wins the game so sometimes I anticipate a ending. So, for example, Bryce Harper walks up to the plate in the bottom of the 11th inning or 10th inning or whatever it is, and I've already written on my screen, Bryce Harper hit, hit a, a two-run home run to win the game. Da, da, da. This way, it's all written. All I have to do is delete it. It doesn't happen, yeah. but now I'm ahead of the game. So I, I've been able to, to, to get ahead of it that way and do things like that, but you have to, you have to anticipate because if you're reacting to what you're seeing – then we're going to be slower, and and with our with our guidelines and rules and mandates, hey, we need you to be quick, efficient, and on the wire, and then go back and update. That that's probably been the key for me. But it, I've been doing it for 21 years, and um, it, it at this point, it just it comes it's natural. Um, I'll tell you though, my first couple of years, no, there was a, a lot of work. I, I remember covering the Flyers uh, playoff game when Eric Lindros got knocked out by Scott Stevens on yep. that concussion. And that was my that was my first year and, and that was whew, that was a tough, tough day to write. I didn't I didn't, I was all over the place as a young writer. So um yeah. you, you grow, you learn and and, uh, and I think it's uh it becomes a, it becomes something that's second nature. Yeah. Well so it's a preparation I guess on your part and that goes back to honing your craft. Is there anything in particular you you uh for those who might be interested in journalism and or media related, whether it's sports or something else as far as a few mantras in your mind as sort of preparation goes or, or anything that you try to work by to help your, your craft be what it is? I would tell everyone to, to practice, to continue to, even if you don't have an opportunity where to write in print nowadays with blogs and everything else, just continue to work, continue to practice, continue to hone your skills, continue to do anything you possibly can. And also uh, volunteer. You know, volunteer as much as you can because look look for ways where you get in as an intern or as someone who maybe it is an opportunity to hold the microphone or, or whatever it may be. But look for ways that you can get your foot in the door and then build relationships, build relationships. And you know, what I find that's important is, is as far as 
who you look up to and who you try and seek advice from, there are a lot of people who are not going to give you a lot of information. So move on. Look for the people who are willing, who are open, who are very helpful. And I try and do that with a lot of the young people I see now because I look around and I see in the press box there's some youngsters. And, and you know, the, the press box could be clicky sometimes. And it could be uh, what old school writers are looking at, bloggers or, or others in, in a different way. And they don't want to – I don't – I feel like we we got to reach out and help as many people as we can. So when someone's willing to help you, go for it and and be be kind and be respectful. Amen. That's good stuff. Rob Motti, our guest for a little while longer. The book that we're going to talk about here now because we're giving it away and we want to make sure folks have a taste of what it's about. It's called Football Faith. You also wrote one called Baseball Faith, one called Birds of Prey about the Eagles and and their uh their championship and um and we had you on when that book first came out. I think you wrote a book um, with Mike Schmidt as well, right? Yes. Uh, the Mike Schmidt book was the uh, one of the first ones I did. I did three children's books, Randy Johnson, Roberto Clemente, and Oscar De La Hoya with my cousin Susan. And then Mike Schmidt, it, it was a biography on Mike Schmidt. That came out in 2010. Okay. Wow, 2010. And then Football Faith through uh, the help of your brother, Bob DeMar. Uh He was the, the originally... The, the um, brought that on to his publishing company, and then it grew into Baseball Faith. And then after that, I did it. I also did once um, wrote the month of March for a men's devotional, which was pretty cool. <laughs> I really enjoyed that more than uh, uh, a, a lot of other of the writing activities I've ever done. And then Birds of Perth, of course, when the Eagles won the Super Bowl in 2017. Yeah, well, on the <laughs> and I can I can attest to the fact that. With football faith, I remember being at the Novacare Complex covering the Eagles part-time uh, back then, and you were in the process of trying to get these 52 athletes and coaches to put their part in the book, and even that, and having perhaps waivers and all kinds of stuff. And just, it's, it's very different, I'm sure, than writing one book with Mike Schmidt directly compared to 52 different people in multiple cities. And uh, what, so yeah. what, what do you want me to say? And what is, what is it about? And what is it, why do you need this? <laughs> I'm sure you got tons of questions just for an appreciation standpoint as folks perhaps uh, either buy the book or win the book that they'd be aware that a ton goes into getting 52, I'm sure, uh, you know, guests for the pro for, for the book, but uh, you have any, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Yeah. It was fun because some of those involved, like I, I would go to, I went to Baltimore. I was covering um, Ravens before they were in one of their Super Bowls and got a chance to talk to players. And sometimes, you know, it's, I'm afforded the opportunity with AP that I get to travel a little bit. Uh, now I cover a lot of – now what's really cool is I, I cover all the Super Bowls and, and I host um, the AP Pro Football Podcast, which just launched last week. But I to do it only Super Bowl week for the row, and now we're going to do it year-round. So – when I go to the Radio Row opportunity and I do these interviews, man, I have like 50, 60 interviews. And this year alone, I had so many Hall of Famers that I was able to interview and talk about their faith for faith on the field. But mm-hmm. I was also doing the football stuff. And I go, wow, I could easily do another football faith because I'm getting opportunities and being out there. But when I was doing football faith, I didn't have that. So it was a little bit more uh, effort going into finding 52 players. And, and now I probably have maybe – 
I probably could do another one or four more books because I've spoken about two, three hundred athletes. So this is yesterday's conversation with Rob Madia, and we had some technical difficulties, was not heard. This is the remainder of our conversation from yesterday because we are giving away his book, Football Faith, and uh, we'll play as much of this as we can fit in the, the back end of the program here. You're listening to The Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Thanks for listening in. Have a guest you'd like to hear on The Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL. Email Timmy D at WFIL.com. Listen to the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Rob Motti is our guest. He's a longtime writer for the Associated Press, for the Phillies, and for the Eagles, a bunch of other things as well. And he's written a book called Football Faith. We're talking about 52 NFL stars reflect on their faith. Each chapter has a full-color photo, also some statistics and a favorite Bible verse, and some thoughts by the player in question. Any player in particular stand out as you put Football Faith together, Rob? Nick Foles stands out to me the most because when I asked Nick Foles, this was his rookie year. And it, before he had that great season where he threw 27 touchdowns and two interceptions and uh, under Chip Kelly in 2013, and then two more times in the uh, in the playoff game, and then eventually goes on and leaves and comes back, and he's the uh, Super Bowl MVP. But this was 2012, I guess it was, his rookie year, and his favorite Bible verse was, humble yourself under the mighty hand of the Lord so he may lift you up in due time. And mm. and I look back on it, that, that's been Nick throughout his entire journey. When he was a rookie non-starter, when he took over as the starter, and injured Michael Vick when he got benched, when he contemplated retirement, when he was tripped, uh, as uh, when he came back, when he won the Super Bowl, he has always humbled himself, and and ultimately the Lord lifted him up in due time, so he could tell his story, share his platform, his his phenomenal, powerful story on the platform that he was given, and and if you listen to any Nick Foles news conference, maybe during Super Bowl week or any time that he has that opportunity in front of a microphone as a starting quarterback. It's almost like a short sermon within an answer <laughs> yeah. to a news conference. And and that's that that's just Nick. That's who he is and he's never changed and, and that's why um I, I've always really respected him tremendously, one of my favorite athletes to ever cover. First Peter five six, I think was uh was and I thought that yeah. too when I read his like, man, that's that's his whole career in that verse, yeah. first first Peter five six. Other Eagles include David Akers. You have folks like Randall Cunningham, great players like Kurt Warner from other teams, Mike Singletary of the Bears. Uh, one thing that folks may read and pick up on as they read through football faith is varying maturity levels. Let's put it that way, spiritually speaking. Some of the answers are deep, and others you can tell maybe their players just sprouting up a little bit. That's exactly right, and and we're all at different levels. And when it comes to what's your favorite Bible verse, right, for example— well, what's speaking to me in 2012 might not be the same as it is in 2018, and you know, or what I'm going right. through at that moment in my life is, might be different than it, it is. And and we all, I, I I would hope that we all continue to grow and walk uh, with the Lord and mature in our journey. And and if you're ever if you're ever in the same exact place you are that you were two years ago and four years ago, you got to examine, um, you know. I want to change. I want to grow, right? I want to be better every day. I, I want to be. I ultimately, my my prayer every single day is, is John three thirty. He must be greater. I must be less. I I literally pray this with my children and with my wife, and I say I want to be more like Jesus and less like me. Some days I do a good job of it. Some days I I'm terrible at it. And and, and I think when when you look at some of these stories, these players will go, oh well, he he said this or he said that, but look at him here. Well, none of them are perfect. 
only Jesus was perfect. So to ex- the, have the expectation of a Christian athlete being perfect, it, it's flawed thinking. We're all right. going to fail, and we're, we're all going to make mistakes. Absolutely. Hopefully we are gracious with each other, pray for each other, and encourage each other along as we seek to please him. How about one other player that comes to mind uh, when you were putting football faith together that perhaps surprised you or or solidified things, uh, your impression of them from afar as you got to know them when putting the book together? Uh, Russell Wilson, I think, for this, um, you know, he was early in his journey, and, and you now get to look back and see he's so sincere. He's very genuine, and he's a guy who I think also might be one of the more underrated players, as great as he is. He's never even received a single MVP vote for the MVP award. Uh, I think really? at some point that changed. Yeah, he's never even had one MVP vote. He's always uh, he's always up there in the upper tier, but there was someone else who even doesn't even get one vote. But to, to see who he is as a person and to to hear him talk about his faith, the sincerity, his his genuine uh, love for the Lord is really evident and and it's great to see him continue in that walk and continue to his journey and, and walk and stronger and more mature. By the way, he did throw five touchdown passes yesterday, didn't he? He sure did. <laughs> it's not bad. He's a pretty, and the way he handles himself in the interviews, just so gracious all the time. And if you just, if you watch that last night, I'm watching that game going, wow, what a great player. And, and you're answering these questions like with, uh, I guess, I think it's Michelle Tafoya after the game. And he's just so gracious and, and so genuine. He's a really – uh, one of those guys that you can is very easy to root for, even though he's not on your team if you're in the Philadelphia Eagles market. Well, and the fact that he beat the Patriots, I'm sure, will sit well with a number of Philadelphia Eagles fans. <laughs> That's Rob Motti from our conversation yesterday. As we wrap up today's program, I'm re-airing the end of yesterday with Rob because we had some technical difficulties in, the, I think, the last 10 minutes of the of the show. We just had nothing going on in the air. So uh, that happens. It can happen. Uh, but thankfully, God gave us another day and an opportunity to play that back for you. Full podcast of the conversation with Rob. He is the head writer for the Associated Press, for the Phillies, for the Eagles, for a couple of decades now in Philadelphia. And uh, we're glad to have had the chance to have him on. Loves the Lord a lot. He's got a great story. Full podcast of yesterday's programs on our homepage at WFIL.com. And make a point of going to our contests and surveys page. You can enter win Rob's book, Football Faith, well worth the read. Uh, also sign up for Sea Life 2020, the virtual pastor's appreciation event that's happening all throughout October. Much more all at WFIL.com. Jim Axamax 413 Ministries leads to prayer next. Have a wonderful evening. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 to 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.